Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back, and 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick It's the click So I hope you watch your A-game Amen No way From the track when we unite and spit This isn't A-game Better bring your A-game and welcome to the Mike and JD show. I'm JD Oliva, and I screwed up the intro because I can never remember how Mike does it. As you can see, Mike's not here today. I'm joined by my good buddy, Scott E. Wrestling, who was our guest last week and so graciously agreed to step in for Mike, who is doing military business tonight. I don't know. I think they sent him on some kind of wet works operation. I have no idea. Scott, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming in and joining us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me right back. Um, last week, I maybe have said too much and got myself in trouble, but it's fine. It's fine. I can only I can only imagine I could do it again. I live there. I get myself <laughs> in trouble constantly on this show, and I'm going to eat some shit for it later tonight, which will be fun. Uh, yeah. So, what's going on with you this week, man? Oh, nothing. It's it's an AEW pay-per-view week. I gotta get used to these. These happen a lot now, so I'm trying to like get them in my head that it's once a month. But you know, uh, I think you and Mike always talk about that on the show really well of how it's like that will work for fans better, right? Because they'll be more programmed. I think um, I think that's gonna help with the booking. I think it already has helped with booking. Yeah. I know last night's show was pretty um divisive, I shall we it. say? I liked it. But like I was on like some of the Slack channels that I'm part of, and like it seems like a lot of people really hated it. It didn't bother me. I think the MJF segment went on for an eternity. But by the end of it, I was pretty entertained. Yeah. Right. So they're really leaning into Max stuff right now. But by the end of it, I thought it was great. I thought the swerve thing was awesome. I think Swerve's really stepped up and stepped into um, what's building into a main event heel situation. I think this is a really big show for him. And man, I got to tell you, I absolutely love that show closing angle. Yeah, I, I'm in total agreement with you. I thought it was the perfect way to sell the show. And I think that's why I loved Dynamite so much, because they were selling you that pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't think AEW does that all the time. Like, I know everyone wants the big, cool matches. I understand that. I like big, cool matches, too. I love them. Uh, but they really focused on segments to build towards the future with the MJF stuff for both of their shows, right? They pretty much are building the full gear, I assume, with Jay White. I don't think they're just going to give that one away on TV, or at least I hope not. Um, and then with Swerve and Hangman, I mean, I thought they ended the show perfectly. I think Swerve, Swerve is going to be world champion yeah. within the next year and a half, I think. I think he's just on this meteoric rise as he should be. And Hangman's the perfect dance partner for uh, what they're trying to do with him. No, I, I completely agree. I think that sometimes uh, we as fans need to get out of this box that we put ourselves that the pay-per-view has to be main evented by the, by the world champion defending his title. Mm -hmm. And that this is the way it's gotta be. Like I said, I'm a, I, I, I grew up in the nineties and I really liked 
WCW. I think I made that abundantly clear on this show numerous times over. And one of the things I really liked about WCW was they would mix up what the main event of a pay-per-view was. My mm. favorite W, my second favorite, actually, WCW pay-per-view was Spring Stampede 1997, which was headlined by Diamond Dallas Page versus Randy Savage. No titles were on the line. It was just a grudge match between two guys who did not like each other, and it elevated a guy from the mid-card into the main event scene right that was a pay-per-view main event like and i want i don't think it's a bad thing to to do that all the time right i think that the last pay-per-view we had didn't have that either it was different it was orange cassidy and moxley was the main event and i think that's okay that we're kind of mixing these up a little bit like max is doing max stuff and it's it's over it's working for some people some people hate it um what i like about it is that it's not the entire show Mm -hmm. right it's not the tone of the entire program. This is what yeah. you're going to get with MJF and, and Adam Cole. Or I don't know, maybe just MJF, not depending on Adam Cole's foot's going to be. Yeah. But the rest of the show still feels like dynamite to me. And I know that bothers people. I know that people get upset if they don't get if they don't get just straight hardline wrestling for every pro for every segment. Yeah. Like, but I kind of like it. I mean, last week's show was all wrestling, bell to bell, wall to wall dudes beating each other's asses it was great but this week we kind of slowed it down a little bit and we told quote unquote some stories and i thought the program i thought the uh the promos were fantastic last night me too me too i think i think a lot of people with aw when they think of you know the um the different brands from wwe they think it has to be so much about the wrestling but again, I love when they tell those stories, and that's what they were doing. They were telling those stories and getting us into new stories with MGF, right? They pretty much had to close the door on what is their biggest story for a little bit with the Adam Cole stuff. And within by the end of the night, they gave us our next big story. Yeah. And that is with MJF and Jay White and whatever happened to close out that show, which is very exciting. So to me, it, it's AEW, you know, they're trying new things. And I think for me, using these segments to, again, push along stories, that's what pro wrestling is. You're building to the match. It doesn't have to just be the match. And like, like you said, last week was all matches. Mm-hmm. No, and I agree 100%. Like, um, I think maybe it's because I'm an amateur wrestling guy. Like, I get, I, I actually have this feeling like if I, in my head, that if, if I want to watch wrestling, I'm going to go watch like real wrestling, right? Like mm-hmm. I, that, that scratches my itch with that. Like when I watch pro wrestling, I do want some storytelling, yeah. right? I just, I have a hard time getting excited for things. that's just a match, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm way me. And I like that this card is doing this. This card is a double main event, right? And one match is built pure and pure dream match, right? Yes. Very little build to Brian Danielson and Zach Sabre jr. The other one is Swerve and Hangman, and that's like all story, mm-hmm. right? I'm and I'm a fan of that. Like I think that I like that we're trying. I like that we're trying to get a balance going right now. Yeah. Like I'm enjoying that they're experimenting with the formatting a little bit, and then that's frustrating with some people because they want to see everything just like slick and like what it's supposed to be. But I kind of. I don't know. It's kind of the warts on things that make me appreciate them. Maybe that's just the creative mind to me, but I just, I really enjoy seeing people maybe kind of struggle a little bit, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to be gritty in a lot of ways. And um, looking at that paper, you're looking at wrestle dream. There are so many 
great matches. Like, there's so many great matches. You have FTR and Aussie Open, right? The story there is it's one year after their Royal Quest match. You have Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. But then you have the continuation of Ricky Starks' story by going with the Willie Yuta match. Like you said, Swerve and Hangman, they've built that up to feel like a world title feud. And I think the best part about how they're planning these pay-per-views out is assuming they have 12 pay-per-views a year, I, I'm not going to have to worry about MJF having to switch from feud to feud to feud to feud, right? That That's not what you want him to do. You want no. him to have these long, built-out feuds so when the match happens, it feels as important as when we had the four to five pay-per-views for AEW per year. And we just had a really well-built MJF title mm-hmm. feud. Like that just, and it was great. They built, they yeah. took the time, they built the Joe thing in just a little over a month, and it was really good. If they mm-hmm. had forced something now, it wouldn't have happened. And they had to, they had to make that Grand Slam work. Right. So let's get, oh, let's get into this. David Haley wants to know if the group of attackers is meant to be Cole and company. I kind of want to see Roderick Strong, no, Roderick Strong have been a pawn in the whole ordeal. Okay, man, let's get into this. This is what I really want to talk about. I love a mystery in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. One more time. I downloaded that and wanted to make it work in it. And if Mike, Mike's way better at producing than I am, and I'm the guy with the video background, ironically enough. So I uh, I love this story. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he said he was into it too. Name nameless guy. He says it has to mean something. And I agree. If you're gonna introduce a, if you're gonna introduce a mystery into pro wrestling. It has to count. Cause the way I look yeah. at it, it can go one of two ways. It can go the black scorpion or mm-hmm. it can go the third man, right? The black scorpion is the all time greatest example of a complete total clusterfuck of a failure of a storyline. And the third man is responsible for reigniting the professional wrestling business in the 1990s. This has to go one way or the other. And I don't know, man, I came out of dynamite last night really intrigued because we're meant to think it's MJF looking at the the devil. Right. But then we go, it can't be MJF too obvious. I think it's Cole. Yeah. But maybe it isn't. What do you think? One of my favorite things that you can do in any form of media is leave me with a cliffhanger, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a movie, (laughs) whether, you know, it's like, it's the best because it leaves people talking. That's all I saw on my feed, right? People were like, oh, that kind of looks like, you know, people were trying to figure out the body shape. I was like, if it even is the person in there, it's, you know, they're not going to do that. And ultimately the idea is you're going to, pretty much rule out mjf right you're not going to actually think it was mjf in doing so so who is it i think the idea of it being all a throw off long term of being adam cole roddy i've seen this is the one i've seen commonly roddy uh kyle riley and the kingdom like just the whole group uh doing it and i think that's a interesting way to throw it off but my my the fun aspect for me is the first thing i thought was that goober group from last year that broke oh, off the firm yeah, yeah because I was, that's the first thing i thought of and i was like well no because the guns are now in bullet club gold but that was the first thing that just popped in my head i was like are they bringing them back or like are they because i think most of the people from the firm don't do anything anymore if i'm not mistaken lee moriarty i guess is with shane taylor He's now shane taylor and roh ethan page it, is definitely not doing anything ethan page is hanging out with the hardys on rampage 
Uh, who else? Big Bill is with is Big Bill's with Ricky. So I guess there's Ricky. more of them are doing things now than they were. But they're not and, doing. And Stokely is is Stokely in witness protection? I'm not even sure what's going on. With I think Stokely he right I think he's like a um, authority figure on Ring of Honor. So yeah, he doesn't exist. Right yeah, who watches Ring of Honor? I mean, I can't do that. Um, uh, I, who do you think? I don't know. My yeah. first, like everyone else, went to Cole. But again, I'm a I'm a big okay. So uh, I'm intrigued by mysteries, right? I love. I love storytelling. I love writing. And every time I've tried to write a mystery, it's really hard, right? Mm. Cause like sometimes you have this mystery in mind, but it's in order to write a successful mystery, you have to have the end and you have to work backwards. Like yeah. I use the black scorpion example. Cause they, they want to do the black scorpion. And we did two of our Patreon shows. It bridged actually bridged us from fight game here to voices wrestling that we had the one episode and then the other on the two different networks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was like, they had, they had the idea. Oh, we want to have the black scorpion. But then they didn't really know who was going to be the guy. Consequently, like you said, it doesn't. People are judging the body type. Don't judge the body type because whoever was supposed to be it might not be it. This is wrestling. Flair only played the Black Scorpion at Starcade '90 because he was never supposed to be the Black Scorpion. They didn't know who the Black Scorpion was supposed to be. So I mean, like, it's hard to. You can't really think about it in those terms. Like, that's why I always prefer Columbo. You're young. Are you familiar with Columbo? Let me no. tell you about Columbo. <laughs> let, okay, let the old man have a conversation. This is <laughs> me. Columbo is a show about a detective in the 70s played by an uh, actor named Peter Falk, who was this schlubby looking guy with a, with his wrinkled ass uh, trench coat, who was the smartest dude in the room, but nobody ever took him seriously because he didn't look like anything. And he acted like kind of a kind of a stuttering guy and he constantly solved the crime now what made colombo cool was it at the end of is the, the formula the formulaic was you watch the episode for before the titles you saw who did the crime so you knew as the audience you knew who was responsible the whole time yeah. and the whole fun of the show is watching colombo figure it out those stories are way easier to do than the actual mystery. I mean, I read a mystery book last year by an author. I'm not going to name his name because I won't bury the guy publicly. But like, I was in this hit. I was really in this book for like 400 pages. In the last 30 pages, he throws at you a bunch of information that you couldn't possibly have known reading the book. And I felt like I felt like I was cheated, and it really mm-hmm. bummed me out. So I mean, like, whatever their plan is, it has to make sense. I almost don't care who's underneath the mask as long as that advances the story and makes sense and it's not just some random dude that they threw in there and if it is going to be some random they threw in build it right yeah. i had another thought too of who it could be what if it's edge ah edge does have a history of the mask and you know the i know it's a little different but there is a history there it is and i can't make i thought of that and then i went to myself I don't know why he would be there. I got no, right. I have no storyline idea for who that would, for why. I do have one in mind. What do you got? The War Dogs, the Bullet Club War Dogs of New Japan. Okay. Because, you know, David Finley took Jay White out, obviously, oh. to take over the group. Oh. And maybe this is them dressing as that to blame it on MJF. Ultimately, somewhere down the line, the War Dogs are coming over to set something up there. That's always a possibility because that relationship yeah. always hangs over. Okay, that's super interesting too because like the New Japan Bullet Club has really not acknowledged this US Splinter Group too much. Mm-hmm. So that would be super fascinating if David Finley were to play spoiler and almost kind of like disrupt the MJF Adam Cole relationship, so to say. 
you know, while at the same time striking. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's actually a really good idea. I kind of I kind of hope they yeah. although none of those guys looked as jacked as Alex Coglin, but again, it doesn't no. matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter who was in yeah. who was in there last night. What matters in is who's gonna be there when push come to shove. We got some comments. I'm gonna hit up before we go back. David Hadley says Christian versus Darby is mm. a big match too. AEW has three of their hometown home state guys in match of substance. Yeah, that is a big, that is a big match, actually. Like AEW's kind of made a reputation for letting for not necessarily burying the hometown guys, right? They kind of right. they don't always have the home guy town, the hometown guy win. But um boy, it was Swerve and Darby. Those are uh those would be and big and Danielson. Yeah, yeah, I would honestly, I would not surprise me if all three of those guys pulled out victories on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I agree. Doby the Brain, Patreon subscriber. It's funny how Jane White had a superstar segment and it feels like a real threat to MJF and he's not even on the Wrestle Dream card. Well, Kayfabe, he's not supposed to be on the Wrestle Dream card. He just got his ass kicked by a group of assassins. There you go. There you go. See how I can Easy do that? Sell. That being said, dude, I thought Jay White knocked it out of the fucking park last night. I did too. He's I- money. He. <laughs> I think it's the best thing he's done. It's the best thing he's done since he got to AEW. And that's a dude that has made the most of his minutes since he got here. Mm -hmm. It's been, it's been a lot of fun finally watching him get an opportunity. Same with juice. Juice seems reinvigorated in this group. Um, And the dumbass guns had seemed like they finally found a home. Like (laughs) there's, they're perfect for the dorks in this group. It, it fits. Were you a fan of Jay um, before? uh in new japan were you a fan of i like jay white until the last like year or so of the run i felt like he got so long in the tooth and i got so tired of jay white's shenanigans with gato and the law everything being so long and drawn out it really seemed like he had hit a creative lull in Mm. new japan and i was really happy to see him come over here and i do think this he does seem even though he hasn't done a ton until recently i do think it's been a good move for him I agree. Uh, I agree. I've, I I love Jay, but I'll let yeah, you see. No, no, he's great. I love Jay White. I think he's another one who could be a world champion in a year plus. You know, yeah. he, he yeah, he's absolutely. a guy. Him and Swerver, guys, his company needs to start focusing toward building, right? Right. We need mm-hmm. to start elevating the next group. But it seems like kind of what's happening here with Swerve and Jay White and Adam, uh, you know, Adam Cole and Jeff are already there. So it seems like we're starting to shift into the next wave of main event talent, which they have to, because most of the main eventers are either going to WWE like CM Punk yeah. or, and yeah. have been fired or uh, they're in their forties. Exactly. I, on, on my podcast, sorry, I just, I oh, no, tossed no. out these four for MJF. It was Takeshita, sure. obviously sure. down the line, Jay White, because that just felt natural. Um, Swerve, mm-hmm. which I think we'll get to, and then Osprey when you know I think he inevitably signs. So. Here's what makes all the all four of those work: is that now we have a new, a completely new version of MJF. We have Babyface MJF, right? So it totally refreshes what he can do. And say what you want, you might not like his WWE esque presentation, but the fucker's over, mm-hmm. right? You go into the buildings. And the guy is over right now. So I think you just got to steer with what works and something's going to catch on. Like I said, this, I think this mass man story could really work. Like, I think I, if they draw the intrigue, right, leave some clues, like really bait a hook. I, I think this could be something. Hiru, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Hiru says, uh, if the end game is Cole winning the AEW title, does TK trust him given his injury history? Um, I don't think that's the end game because Adam Cole's going to be out for a while. 
yeah. right? Like he broke his ankle in three places and tore some ligaments. Like that's a surgery. I mean, like if he's back in four to six months, I think that's a conservative estimate. Unless it was a lie and he's the man in the mask. Yeah, I thought about that too. Because the <laughs> man in the mask possible. Didn't, he didn't touch the man in the mask didn't touch anybody. He was just directing traffic. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's that's initially what pushed me to Adam Cole. And you can have the guy on the show while he's doing rehab, just have him in a walking boot. It's not impossible to do that. Now, does Tony Khan trust him given his injury history? Uh, the dude got a concussion. You can't control that. You have Brian Danielson headlining this pay-per-view who's who famously had to retire from having concussions, right? And then Adam mm-hmm. Cole, he, hey, what are you going to do? Like the guy, the guy, t- it was an accident, right? Dudes break their ankle. Like it happens. I mean, like, I don't think you can fault that anybody. Here's the realist. Here's what's reality about sports. Anybody can get hurt doing anything at any given moment. I was wrestling with one of the kids on last Monday and my hamstring popped, right? Stuff just mm-hmm. happens. So you can't worry about whether or not someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. David Hadley again. The good thing is going to be with Cole, with the gear, they could with some of the smaller size in the mask with Cole in mind, with Cole in mind. They, they totally could do that if it's Cole at all. Like I said, um, when we had the Black Scorpion, it was uh, Al Perez and the Angel of Death, and it was all kinds of guys other than Ric Flair under that mask because they needed a guy to be the scorpion right david halley the only u.s splinter group that's acknowledged is the little bullet club camp and impact abc right abc yeah Yeah. i always forget they're part of bullet club (laughs) because they don't seem like it but they are like it's it's impact man that's true and finally christian would be a good opponent for mjf too is christian's is is mjf's dad dead i think he's alive and well so I don't, I don't quite know if that fits in, but um, let's be real right now. I think Christian Cage is doing some of the best work of his entire career. Mm-hmm. When there's when he has the Cage part added to the end of his name, he's usually doing some of the best work of his career. I, you know, I agree with that. I always thought again, brace for impact. I I always thought that Christian Cage was significantly cooler than just Christian. There was just something. There was just something about Christian outside of the uh the wwe that made him far more interesting to me like i just thought his impact run was so much more interesting than anything he was doing in wwe like i just i'll take those two and a half years and i don't think he was really happy with them but i'll take those two and a half years in impact over what he did for a good chunk of his wwe career and i love this one too i think he's been great for AEW. he was the great veteran babyface when he first came in headlined headlined the biggest show they've ever had right all out 2021 and now he's far and away the most interesting heel who just talks about your dead dad and, you know, tries to get on your mom. Like what? He's a walking mom joke. It's the best. <laughs> so edge is going to be uh the savior in that, right? I, okay. Honestly, cause I think the, uh, from a little birdie that I know, um, the rumor, and we might as well talk about this right now. Cause I want to get your thoughts on this while we're here. The rumor flying around is that, Adam Copeland and uh, Mercedes Monet have signed with AEW. I think the Mercedes that, one's been known, right? They yeah, put her I on think the so. biggest they show. They put ever. her on the biggest show of the year. Like, <laughs> but that's like officially like I was I heard I saw that today in uh um certain Slack or certain Discord group. And uh I, what do you think about that? About both those signings? Because I think they're vastly different signings. They are, they are. Um, I think Edge is a good veteran to add, he's a good leader. Um, he's from everything that I've ever read and ever saw about Edge, 
he's like almost the opposite of my guy CM Punk in that, you know, he's going to help people. He's not going to anger people backstage all the time. He's not going to take over that big time role either. Um, and it looks like he just wants to have this, you know, final run the way he wants. Right. So like, to me, that's why edge is coming here on the other side, Mercedes Monet, you, I think I said this last week you when did. I was on the show. You have to dramatically change the women's division if you sign Mercedes Monet. Because, again, she's going to be top five paid in that company. And she's not going to be five. You know, like she is going to charge a lot. She's going to demand a lot of time. And she's going to be one of your biggest draws just based off of history. She was always one of the biggest draws on SmackDown. She was oftentimes a bigger draw than Roman Reigns. I know WWE doesn't want to know that, but she was. I know, I know, but uh, she dramatically changes a lot of things. Edge is just a great veteran to have, I think. I didn't love his most recent WWE run, but a lot of that was also ruined by COVID, so I don't blame That's true. some of it. That's true. I think that I think a lot of it too is just the WWE ness of everything. I, we've true. never seen what Adam Copeland is like outside that environment. Part of what makes mm-hmm. Christian Cage so cool is we've gotten to see him dabble in a different place like that impact run really showed what christian cage can do and after so many years away wwe didn't bite on him he comes to AEW, plays two vastly different characters and plays by the rules man he went to impact and helped make josh alexander you know like he's done he's done some really great work here i want to see i want to see what adam copeland could do in a different environment where he's not weighted down by what wwe is because people are different outside that organization like look at look at brian danielson look at john moxley like these are guys who are completely different now that they're away from wwe look at like even claudio castagnoli like he looks like cesaro but there's an intensity to this guy that we just didn't have for years in w and he had great matches i love Cesaro. don't get me wrong but claudio's a different dude yeah right Let's see what Adam Copeland could be. By the way, Edge famously raised by a single mother. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so let's you mentioned Mercedes Monet. I'm gonna let's I'm gonna change direction a little bit. WWE this week announced they signed Jade Cargill and they rolled out the red carpet for her. Right. They treated yeah. her like a star. So that's my question. And now, like, and this this brought up this really interesting kind of conundrum in the spaces that we guys like us like to hang out in yeah. where people were like, man, AEW really dropped the ball with Jade. They just didn't do anything to make her a star. And like, I kind of went a little viral. I surprised myself. I had like, like hundreds of retweets and likes in the post. And like, I just say, I say random stupid shit all yeah, the you time. You say your opinion. That's what you I, said. I, that's what I do. I just say, I have a, I'm in the middle of class. I'll have a random thought, just jot it down and shout, shoot it off. And sometimes it, it kind of takes on a life of its own. I just said that it was. It's okay to admit that AEW made her a star because mm-hmm. they did. WWE they did. is treating her like a star. They're not gonna. They're not segregating her just to NXT, right? They're rumored, rumored seven figure contracts. Like, it's okay to say AEW made a star and WWE can make her a bigger star. Like, I'm yeah. not crazy by by conflating those two, am I? No, not at all. I. She has like this can't miss aura about her and without being an AEW, that doesn't happen without going on an undefeated streak. That doesn't happen. Sure. We have the complaints about the undefeated streak and how it was handled. That's fine. But she was made a star because of it. Right. And I, I think her biggest problem was just how AEW schedule is. 
Like she wasn't yeah. just, she just wasn't going to get the reps there. And that, that isn't anyone like, that's just how it goes. That's just the way AEW is molded. So I think moving forward, maybe it'll be very interesting to see how many athletes they bring in as opposed to re ready-made wrestlers, because I do think that can be a problem, right? Can they, they can't bring in necessarily like, I mean, I think the creeds, for example, they'd be fine wherever they went just because they have that natural wrestling background but you bring in braun breaker right former football player for mm -hmm. example would he be able to become what he has so far in a AEW? maybe not but either way back to jade she was made a star in AEW, and wwe sees that and says okay she's going to be an even bigger star here now because they can make their uh, they can make their crowds agree to that that's what they do well and she's rep by endeavor right yeah She's a yeah. Cody Rhodes protege, pro, mm -hmm. protege, protege. Like it may, it just makes sense. And like yep. she fit, I think she fits their mold better than she fit the AEW mold. And I just, I'll be honest with you. I don't think AEW should go after athletes. No, I don't look at Anthony, I agree. Look at Anthony Agogo, right? We haven't mm -hmm. seen, he's still under contract by the promotion and we haven't seen him in well, well over two years. Yeah. Right. Like, I just mm -hmm. don't, I don't see how you do AEW is a TV company. Their job is to make TV yeah. shows. You don't develop well in this company, right? Especially, <laughs> excuse me, especially some of the male talent. Like they said, cause they signed for the male talent, especially cause there's so many. Like yeah. look at a Brock Anderson, Brock Anderson could have been like his dad 30 years ago and just bounced around different territories getting good. Arnie Anderson was an excellent professional wrestler at Brock's age because he had spent years working in the Florida panhandle and then up in Georgia and just bouncing around getting better. So by the time he got his push as a young guy at the time, they actually pushed Arnold as a young guy, even though he looked exactly the same, like mm. he was already good. His kid doesn't get those reps, right? And the women, it's the same thing because they get even fewer reps. And I'm, I'm of the mind that there's a lot of people in that locker room that don't do enough. Right. I said, mm -hmm. I said on this show that if, if everyone that locker made Brian Cage's work ethic, everybody would be a lot better. Brian Cage is everywhere every weekend. Yeah. He, he just either worked for progress or rev pro. I forget which one. He just did he, progress. Yeah. Progress. So Brian Cage is out there doing progress on his own. Brian Cage does warrior shows. Brian Cage goes and does triple a Brian Cage is everywhere under an AEW contract. So he wasn't being, even when he was, he's pretty, he's been pretty active the last six months or so. But before that, he went through a period where like a fallow period, he was everywhere. He was yeah. everywhere working. We don't see that enough from these people who pick up these like essentially developmental AEW deals. Like maybe Brian Pillman, who just got, who just had a little promo time in NXT this past week, little vignette time, I should say. I don't think he got, I don't I know for a fact he didn't get much better. But at the same time, it's like, well, where, where were you, man? What were you doing extra? I know they took a few, those varsity blondes took a few extra dates, but mm -hmm. why aren't you banging the doors on those indies? Right. Yeah. And I know, I know Tony Khan doesn't want people to lose, but I mean, hell man, put the varsity blondes in there with some freaking young guys, right? Yeah. Let them beat some dudes up, get them on a show, like make it work. Mm -hmm. Like it just, this is part of the thing that frustrates me is I don't see enough people in that AEW locker room trying to get better. And I don't think the NXT way is perfect either where they yeah. just beat the shit out of you and you're doing tire flips. And you know, like I think they train, I think they overtrain down there. I think they're, they a con they're in constant like training mode and you can't just train all the time. Like you're mm -hmm. going to get hurt. Like you have to, you have to peak and cycle your training. That's just a completely different conversation. I don't think either way is perfect, 
but there needs to be something better. The the best example I have for someone who went and made work for themselves and has come back and gotten over in AW is Willow. Willow is Excellent working be, she's working beyond wrestling like right down the street from me. She's you know, she was and she's been doing that. I think she just had a match there actually. I'm like, "Willie, you are such a bigger star now. You beat Mercedes Monet. You know, you main evented a pay-per-view against Athena. You have all these accolades now, but she's still putting in the work. It's that easy. It's just mm-hmm. a matter if you want to." Right? Eddie Kingston, for example, he pulled away from indie dates just now. But like he was doing it, and listen, he's Eddie 40. Kingston doesn't need to be better, exactly. And he's he just in loves his wrestling. 40s. Yeah, like we don't see that enough for some of these guys. Like I'm not gonna, I don't want to call anybody out because I know Top Flight was taking a bunch of dates right before, but they've mm-hmm. had they've had so many injury problems. They were, tr- I think those guys were trying, but there's they so were. many dudes on that roster who I wish Tony was better about getting them out there. Um, yeah. Garcia goes around. He was Garcia- just on like a. Uh, west coast pro show the isn't he still the pwg champion he is well they yeah. don't run enough but he is they don't run enough. <laughs> bad example but i mean he is like he i want to see more guys doing stuff what i would love to see and um I will, i'm gonna move up this right now because mike and i got to eat a little bit of shit a couple weeks ago we made fun of court bauer because he's you know uh court and i've butted heads over the years but um, I respect the dude's ability to write a press release. And Mike and I made some jokes because we heard from a buddy of ours that works in Japan that this was kind of a bullshit press release when he said they were having a working relationship with New Japan. And apparently, maybe not. Maybe that is a little bit more real because they put a uh, they put out a nice little press release again. Courts great at that, saying that New Japan, CMLL, and MLW will have a formal relationship. What do you make of this, Scott? Huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's great for CMLL because it gets their wrestlers into the U.S. and hopefully more into Japan because I think CMLs can't. They're gaining a lot of steam, so finding yeah. any relationship is a smart idea. AEW is working with AAA for some reason. Um, so, you know, CMLL doing this, it's great for them. MLW, <laughs> the first per- do you see who the first person they announced was? I did. They, it was Rocky Romero. I was like, all right. Rocky I mean, goes everywhere. <laughs> exactly. I was like, ah. And they, they build him from CMLL because he's a champion there. And I was like, that's even funnier. Um, but K- for K- New K- Japan, K- it's like, okay, we just have another place to send talent. With. And for me, it's probably to send maybe talent like a UE or Morley or yeah. maybe Young Lions more than anything else. I don't think, you know, I'm going to see Will Ospreay pop up in LLW. Remember that? Do you remember when they held that? that was like good. That was going to be a thing. <laughs> that was never a thing. Yeah, that was a fun one when they had the breaking news thing and then he never showed up. Uh, he's going to wrestle on Impact, though, so take that, I guess. Hey, I'm uh, going. It's going to be down the street from that time. Oh, that's it's awesome. an hour away. It's in Chicago. I'm going. If, if Will Ospreay is going to wrestle speedball like within an hour of me, I got to go. Like, I got to yeah, go. go. Yeah, you got to go. That's that's absolutely right. Yeah, but uh, the relationship to me, it's like it's like the ninth strategic relationship of MLW, so. That's true, because I remember, I remember being at their first pay-per-view, and first and only pay-per-view, mind you, in 2019, where they announced the Dragon Gate relationship. That did mm. not happen. I interviewed Alexander Hammerstone when he wrestled in the N1 back in 2019. As, you know, So they've had MLW, I think they might have done stuff with All Japan, too. Like, they, they're just, they, they make they relationships. Did. They did stuff with AAA. Now, here's the thing. People are like, how did AEW get left out of this? AEW's been, I mean, I don't... I don't think Tony and Conan go out and hang out all the time, but their businesses are good for each other. And AEW has featured, featured 
triple a talent from the get-go that first yeah. press conference the lucha brothers came out with the triple a tag belts sammy guevara came out with the triple a middleweight belt kenny omega was the mega champion um the current mega champion el hero del vikingo has been on the show they just the a the triple a talent is just over in aew and i don't i know i know a lot of people would rather they work with the cml because it's more of a traditional lucha company it's it's probably a better company. I don't watch enough Lucha to really make that. I can that. tell you right now, it it is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the vibe I've got going on. I'm going to start checking yeah. out. I've CML seems so hot right now that I was like, oh, I got to check out some CMLL. And I know there's some uh, sources on the internet that allow you to check out some CMLL stuff. So I'm going to yeah. be partaking a little bit of that just to try to just to sample it, see if it's something I might like. But again. This is better for New Japan and for CML to get their young lines going. Because like we just talked about, if AEW is a terrible place to get experience. Yeah, they can't they can't send a UEO more there. No. They can't do that. That's why they have the impact and, and MLW relationships. So if they want to send someone, they go there. And they can't, Impact can't get involved in this because Impact also has a relationship with AAA. Mm-hmm. And Impact's gotten a lot of stuff off AAA over the years so these are companies with established relationships yeah to, and to it's me diff- it's oh, oh. to me it's more cmll and new japan's just like jumping in you know yeah it's like oh yeah sure <laughs> like we well, work with everyone let's look yeah they do they do and new japan new japan is totally open as compared to what it was like five six years ago like it's mm-hmm. a completely different regime they're doing they're they're more open to sending guys yeah. everywhere now which is pretty cool like i think that the idea of have it's it's the closer we can get to how things are like in the eighties, the happier I am as a human being, because I think mm. it was just a healthier environment, even though Vince McMahon was trying to strangle the life out of everybody. Like it was just, it was just a little bit better for like talent can get out there. It can get their excursions. Like so many, so much of that primary new Japan talent got better by coming here in the 1980s. Right. Mm. And they had that with ring of honor, Jay white famously uh, evil did his excursion here in the U S like there have had success sending guys to trip to um, a, a rev pro in the UK. They need to get more guys here in the U S I think you year more an impact did a good one, but I think too, they have to make their Mexican partners happy in CMLL. So having this impact relationship, I mean, having this uh, MLW relationship, it just makes sense, especially because mm-hmm. MLW booking right now is awful. They're just, they're just GCW with a bigger budget. <laughs> they are. They are, and there's levels to how New Japan sends talent. I think everyone needs to realize that too, right? MLW is going to get Minoru Suzuki. Congratulations. Everyone does. Every, who else? I wrestled Minoru Suzuki once. Yeah, you might get like one of the other old guys from time to time, or Rocky Romero, for example, who again, he's Rests based everywhere. here. He'll wrestle everywhere. Impact will get the next step, right? They'll get Kenta or um, Leo Rush, like that's mm-hmm. a good place to send talent like that. And then AEW gets the main event stars that mm-hmm. they want. You know, that's just how it works. And I think everyone's happy with that yeah. setup because you know what? People still like to see Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki versus Jacob Fatu is at their next pay-per-view. I'll probably check that out because that's a pretty cool match. You know, it's hey. like things like that. Oh, yeah. And quite frankly, Jacob Fatu fits in a place like New Japan. Mm. He can't, he's got some priors. That's his, that's the thing about Jacob yeah. Fatu. So he can't, it's going to be really hard for him. That's why he's not working with his family right now, right? He's, he's a, he's a problem hire. And it's probably why he hasn't jumped on with AEW either. How, yeah. but it, but Japan doesn't care what you have on your resume. If you they show don't up, care, they don't just care. show up. Like it's still, it's not a business run by the Yakuza anymore. That doesn't happen. But 
you know, yeah, you know. So getting J if we can get Jacob Fatu going a little bit, I think he would get over in New Japan in a heartbeat. I think Alex Hammerstone is a guy who could make who could really impress some people in New Japan. And that's pretty much it, I would say, in MLW. There's nobody else that I'd be like yeah, it's it's not a it's I mean it's not a terrible roster. I love Mance Warner. I don't know how Mance Warner fits in New Japan. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just realistically speaking. Yeah, I, yeah. I, overall, it's a relationship that works for all sides in different ways, and I think that's the best way to look at. It. CML ha- now has a partner to get into the U.S. that isn't just New Japan. Yeah, which is good because let's be real: the CMLL talent is not known to the American audience right now. So it's going to take a while. I mean, like Mystico would be pretty That's much it. it. Yeah. And he does not have a great reputation from his time in WWE. He just doesn't. I was watching some of the stuff though, with highlights of my kid. My kid loves the Scooby-Doo WWE movie. So he thinks Sin Cara and that thing is the coolest thing in the whole world. As so I had should. to kind of, yeah, cause he looks awesome. And then like, yeah. so we were, we were watching some Sin Cara highlights from CML. That's kind of what got me started in this, but that's like it. Like, Nobody, nobody in the U.S. really knows anything about Templario, right? No, like, it's no. just not, it's just not a thing. But, but because of Lucha Underground and because they've been fixtures in the U.S. scene for yeah. a decade now, everybody knows Penta, everybody knows Phoenix, right? Like the right star, I'd say. Yeah, uh, CMLL does. They rename someone's Mascara Dorada, and I think that's going to do a, really well for that guy. You think are you being facetious or are you serious? No, I do I I legitimately do think so because I've seen the new mascara Dorada and he's fantastic. Um I think people may have just forgotten Metalik by now, truthfully. Um, he's he's kind of a shell like I don't know if he I don't know if going to WWE wound up being the worst thing for him because he does seem like a shell of his former self. Like he just it's, a shame. it's it really is because a lot of what made that because I I remember when that guy came over, right? For the Cruiserweight Classic, everybody went, oh my God, Mascara Dorada and WWE? What's that going to be like? And for like six months, it was really cool. Yeah. And then he just, I mean, they kind of, I don't know if they went as far as to do like the Mexicals with, with him, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. went far off. Lucha House you know? Party was pretty bad. Is awful. Like, it was, <laughs> they, the only difference is they didn't put them on lawnmowers and let them keep their masks. Right? I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like anyone gave a shit about him. And now he just seems like it seems like his confidence is shook out there. Like he doesn't yeah. seem like the guy he used to be. It's sad. He he went to uh he went back to CMLL and they didn't want him back because he pretty much like wasn't the same guy. And then he like I think I don't remember who it was, it might have been like Rob Viper or someone. Um, who translated what he said and he was like oh you know the new mascara dorada he moves too fast and doesn't let things rest it's like oh jesus he's become <laughs> that guy yeah he yeah. sounds like harley race like i mean yeah. this is just it just goes to show you that no matter where you are in wrestling the young guys work too damn fast it's just <laughs> hilarious john muse a good buddy i need that cml hookup um i will text you after the show my friend i've got it for you John Muse is one of my favorite human beings in the world. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what 
I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here on the voice of wrestling podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three in one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. The Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay 
for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys, reach in my pocket, or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Matthew Justice and Manders are too good in MLB. I agree. Matthew Justice and Manders are awesome. Like I love the second gear crew. Like I said, it's it's GCW booking that's you know kind of on with better cameras and like actual audio. Like we get on court for production stuff, but I mean like he's a significant step up than GCW. Like GCW, oh, like yeah, exactly. Like there's Ring of Honor shows from like 2003 that look better than like a GCW show from last week. Like, I know GCW wants to have that underground feel, but... Uh. Oh, it feels underground, all right. Yeah. Like, buried underground. <laughs> John Muse, Manners is fun. I agree. I was... Mike and I were... The, in the dying days of Brace for Impact, Mike and I were absolutely convinced that Manders was heading into Impact Wrestling, and it just never happened. And I, I don't... I would much I would much rather see those guys booked in Impact than in MLW, but, you know, whatever. You know, it is what it is. But I think that... I think that this relationship with this three relationship could work, could work wonders for them. Cause I think CMLL needs to get their stars on American eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. And MLW will help that. I think new, I think they both need places to send their young talent. So it makes perfect sense. And like I said, AEW doesn't really fit. I think impact could fit, but I also think it's in their benefit to stick with AAA, right? AAA is running their shows. Yeah. CMLL has now used new Japan to get them to rev pro and now to MLW. So they have two relationships now through I'm guessing through the New Japan pipeline. So they're they're doing the right things. They're doing the right thing. You know, CMLL two years ago, no one talked about them. They were no, like on dead. the brink of like being gone. And now it's you know completely reversed, and that's good. Yes, kudos to CMLL for being able to revile. That's why the people like oh Fed did or EW in the mud, like. Dude, these companies can get hot again. All he needs one good storyline or one guy to break through, and all of a sudden your program is super hot again. Like wrestling is up and down. I've been around long enough to see these things. It's just kind of what it is. Um, oh, we got another comment here. Uh, David Hadley. Yeah, he's being active today, mate. Thanks a lot for being for watching the show. The independents haven't reloaded since 2020 and wrecked a lot of things. Do you think the reason for this is the TV companies like MLW, AAA, Impact, and AEW aren't selfish with their talent? I think you mean as mean are selfish with their talent. I think the imp I think it's been longer than that. I think the imp I think the indies kind of emptied out when AEW and WWE went into hoarding mode in mm -hmm. 20 in 2018, 2019. Right. Yeah. That was that was the era when we started stockpiling on the indies. And um I think COVID slowed it down a little bit. I think you are seeing more indie talent starting to get out. Like AAA is 
you can't think of AAA in those kind of companies as like, in when it comes to the indies and same with impact impact guys work indies all the time. Like nobody just works an impact schedule unless you're Bubba Ray. Like that's like everybody else is all over the place. Like I don't, I think that Tony should let his guys lose a little bit more because yeah. nobody gives a shit who loses on a deadlock pro show. Right. I agree. And I hate deadlock I just, pro is the only good indie by the way. Yeah, I know. That's why I use them. Deadlock pro is awesome. <laughs> um, they just popped in a warrior too. war. Like nobody cares. Warrior's like good. West Tony's, Tony's got to understand that that really doesn't matter all that much. John used code yeah. COVID delayed shows and people started training, slow down development. Yeah. Big time, big time. COVID slowed down lots in this country and wrestling is included, but I think it's starting to come back a little bit. And the Indies have had, again. the Indies have had one spark over like the last four, th- three, four years. And it was Matt Cardona yeah. and GCW threw it away. That's a hundred percent accurate. That's hundred percent accurate. Like I, I think what hurt too is the indies steered really hard into the meme culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Like remember for a while, the big thing on the indies and I love Dan Housen. I think he's perfectly at home in AEW right now doing some little comedy stuff when he's healthy and happy. Great. But I mean, sells like t-shirts, baby sells t-shirts. So, I mean, that's fine. But like when it was war horse and Ooh. like alley cat and like Dan, the dad and all that kind of stuff, like that's not, I don't think that's good for the scene personally. That's like what's driving you. You can have that stuff. Like it's great to have comedy on your shows, but I mean, if the point of the Indies is to breed the next generation of talent, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the way to go. Cause WWE is not interested in breeding the next generation of talent. They're going to bring a bunch of athletes in. You'll like the creeds will stick. Tiffany Stratton will stick. That's pretty much it from that group. Right. And then yeah. you bring another crew in and like maybe two or three will stick. And like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not designed to self like this is what wwe is concerned with with feeding wwe they're not concerned with stockpiling the indies they're not concerned with the health of professional wrestling at large nope so they're going to get guys that they're trained their mindset is i'm going to be a wwe guy when wwe cuts them they're 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 donezo yep so the indies have to kind of replenish themselves and unfortunately because we're still we're not in talent hoarding mode but now it's still like daniel garcia he started getting big boom got picked up Right. Anytime someone starts getting a little bit of steam underneath them, they're getting snatched up, which isn't mm-hmm. which isn't great. But that's kind of the yeah. nature of the beast right now. Warhorse is a mean wrestler, but also a very good wrestler. I see him do some amazing work. Um, I can't say that. Every time I've seen Warhorse, he's been fine. And when he got his big shot in AEW, he didn't look very good. And no. and like people were like rallying back in the COVID days, like people rallied to get that match happening, and it did. And he's like the only guy, the only guy that they brought in that didn't get signed, and yeah. it, it wasn't great. I think Warhorse is a fine indie worker. Every meme wrestler saw Orange Cassidy and thought mm-hmm. they could be Orange Cassidy. Forgetting Orange Cassidy is really good at wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Danhausen, he just sells a lot of merch. It doesn't matter if he can wrestle. <laughs> he's. But he's really good at being a meme wrestler. He is. Right? He's really and, good with kids too. Yeah, I mean, like he's he goes a long way. He's different. Like Dan Housen. Yeah, he is. I, he's like a Can't character. Can't crack from that code. <laughs> no, he's unique. Like he's a, like I was trying to explain to my wife. I'm like he's a Simpsons character, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a, he's like a Simpsons character brought to life, and like he's just something different, right? Yeah. And it's like you can't try to emulate his success because because you'll fail, right? It's not Absolutely. it's not good to it's not good to try to be the next Dan Housen. Um. So we have Nakajima has left pro wrestling. Noah. Yeah, that was that was as big as a like move I think that can happen in Japan right now. 
And to be honest to me, I thought this was going to happen a year ago. Just because of how certain things went. You know, he mm-hmm. lost to Fujita, knocked out Tetsuya Endo, uh, knocked out another guy. It just seemed like all was downhill, but he lasted a lot longer than I thought. And then this just kind of came out of nowhere, right? Axis had reformed and mm-hmm. it seemed like all was going good. And now he's gone. And I have my preferences. I know Tokyo Sports kind of threw out there that he has interest in maybe doing America. Um, and I think there's only one spot that America might work for Katsuhiko Nakajima. I could tell you WWE wouldn't. I'll tell you that right now. He's confidently. Ter- he is a <laughs> terrible fit for WWE. Terrible fit for He's WWE. He's 5'9", hits yeah. really hard. And he's kind of a dick. Yeah. Yeah, like, that would work. No, he's going to get NXT and someone's going to like do something wrong. And he's going to kick the ever-living shit out of him. Because he's Kens- yeah. Kensuke Sasaki trained, and like it's not like I don't know, man. I think if they're even starting to sniff around Nakajima to WWE, like Kenta, like look at Kenta, look how terrible a mm-hmm. fit Kenta was. He's yeah. never been the same. Nakajima's what 35 ish, yeah, yeah, he's 35. Yeah, I mean, like I get why you'd want to try, but he's a he's a bad fit. So, you think he's in you think he's AEW? I think he's all Japan, truthfully. I think that's he's all the, Japan. I do. I do. I think really? something for him re-sparked with Kento. I think that is a smaller pond, an even smaller pond. And I think with the way all Japan books will fit Nakajima bigger, better, and it'll be the greatest trade of all time. They traded Jake Lee for Katsuhiko Nakajima, um, <laughs> which to me is like a really good trade for all Japan. But I, I think he could work freelance for a little bit, but I feel like all Japan might be his next home unless uh, Glade's pe- paying people like crazy again, which they do. And then they, don't they, do anything. They do. Glade is uh, also not affiliated with the Yakuza. Their Glade is a, a Opera is a stand-up operation. That's it is ran totally by Shima, level. which you can take that for what you will. <laughs> know who Shima is. <laughs> Shima, yeah, Shima's never done anything sketchy. Um, I love the idea of Nakajima. I would love to see AEW bring in Nakajima for just a couple shows. It would Danielson. just be, oh my god, would be awesome. <laughs> Nakajima Danielson, holy shit, would that be great? I would absolutely. Oh my god, I would love that. Now I was not like the rumor I had heard is him to New Japan, and I was wondering how that would kind of go because like he would kind of freshen up some of the top of the card, like another veteran level guy mm-hmm. who hasn't been there since 2016. Does does uh, Los stay upon need a new member? Because that's where he would go for me. <laughs> like you know, he's like yeah, one of those yeah. guys. You know, when Shingo came in, I was like, yeah. all right, you go right there. Um, Nakajima's would they put him in the heavyweight division? I think I think if they wouldn't, he doesn't go. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Because I think that would be the decision there. Because you would think instantly he is now the top free agent in Japan. Has to be. Who who would be a bigger free agent in Japan rather than Katsuka Nakajima? I don't think there's anyone. At least there hasn't been. I, and usually towards the end of the year. In Japan, that is when free agents start to happen. I mean, Osprey will be a free agent soon. I guess that technically fair. I mean, like, but he's not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I, he's, yeah. I mean, Nakajima. 
no, com- <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> no comment. I just ruined my train of thought. Yeah, I'm same here. That's why, I had to, that's why I had to pull it up. I'm like, oh, that's that's some deep cuts right there. Um, I love the idea. I would love to see Nakajima come in just for a little bit again mm. because he's so different than he was in 20. Like he did the 2016 G1. Uh, didn't go fantastic for him. Kind of similar to Hawa. Uh, 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 oh God, uh, not Miyahara. Uh, who was in the G one this year from from Noah? Oh, I can't Kaito. Think it was Kaito, Kaito Kiyomiya. Yeah. God damn it, Kiyomiya. Like New Japan really kind of shit on Kiyomiya this year, right? Sadly, like they, he's excellent, he but is. they really kind of treated him just like a dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. New Japan takes every opportunity possible to big brother Noah. And Noah always just seems to kind of take it. And they're so, all in on it. Oh, yeah. And they're like, yes, more. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, they sent their young lion there. That guy's probably going to beat like half the roster. Oiwa? Probably. I think it's Oiwa. Yeah. yeah. That guy's good. That guy's going to be good. good. They're printing like, out young lions right now. They're the dojo Finally. system is like, yeah, it's like replenished because they went yeah. through a bit of a streak. And now you're starting to see those dojo guys from a few years ago really starting to pay off and become guys and become dudes in the company. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a, it's a matter of time for a Yoda Suji is the IWGP champion, right? Yeah. Matter yeah. of time. He's, it's he's on a, I think he's on a fast track. He just had that incredible match with Osprey for uh, last weekend, um, which was like the, I think that was like his official coming out party. It was his full big time match. Um, but yeah, new Japan's so stacked that it's like, do they need free agents? Maybe. And I and, and I'll talk to you about this, and I guess yeah. this is a little off topic, Later. but I do think New Japan is going to be a very interesting spot now because there is a very, very likely scenario where AEW takes back to back years their top um, international talent, right? Jay White and now Osprey. Mm-hmm. They're just better to lean on their Japanese guys more and more right now. And if they were to sign a Nakajima, for example. I think that would be an interesting addition to offset the loss. You can't offset Osprey because, again, the international aspect and what that brings in for certain crowds. But still, I think uh, they have to get creative right now. And I think a guy like Nakajima, the continuation of pushing their young, uh, not young lines anymore, but their new future guys, that is pretty much how they do it. The thing about New Japan is this happens to them, right? Oh, yeah, they're used to it. Yeah, Fergal got real big. He went to WWE, and they pop AJ in, right? AJ works as their top international guy. He's out. Kenny steps in, right? You know, Kenny steps out. Boom, there goes, you know, there's Jay White. Boom, there goes Osprey. You know, they, they kind of do this. Maybe David Finley is the next guy. Um, I think they had, I think, oh, DJ Carl, they had big eyes for if he could have just been a little more patient. But now he's, you know, he's DJing it up at Club NXT and looking fantastic. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's going, yeah it's going great yeah um so i just i don't know man i i'm, I'm with you i think that we're seeing we're, we're definitely in a transitional phase with new japan pro wrestling right now mm-hmm. like uh you know joe on the flagship show has always said that you know this is the end the end of the okada era is over in yeah. new japan like he's still a top guy but the supporting players are aging out and it's time for the next wave of guys to start really filtering in and becoming guys. Right. And they're giving them the opportunity, right? It's again, it's new Japan. So it's a slow roll. Like American fans are, you know, we want dudes pushed to the moon immediately. That's why, why do comp, why do companies have 80,000 belts? It's because fans like, why didn't this guy have a belt? Why didn't that guy have a belt? How come this guy didn't have a belt? This guy needs a belt. And I should, 
I make jokes. New Japan also has 80 belts. So all, hey, all I wanted was Yoda Suji or Shoda over Hikaleo in the G1. That's all I asked for. <laughs> no, you don't get that. We have to push the giant <laughs> or um, Kaito. I've heard Kaito was also in man. Match. I thought Kaito. I thought they would do Noah a solid. I, was I wrong on Ooh. that one? That was that was some you don't matter booking if I've ever seen it. Kaito Kiyomiya's. Someone should write a book. It's not gonna be me. I don't want to write that book about. <laughs> how that guy has just been big brothered by everybody. He gets that title run in 2019 and just is totally not ready for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And he becomes like the Muto understudy and just freaking gets beat by Muto so many times. And he finally loses. He finally wins, but it's like, nobody freaking cares. And then he's like, Muto's young boy coming to the States. It just, it just has not worked well for him. That's a guy who maybe should consider going somewhere else, to be honest with you. I think New Japan would sign him in seconds if he ever became free. If he, Because he's really good, and I think he would actually fit there. And they'd have a money feud on their hands if they had him and Okada under the same. Dude, that was great. That was some of my favorite stuff from the beginning of the year. What amazing chemistry those guys have. And when, when Okada dials into dickhead mode, oh. golly, what an ass hat. Like, he's yeah. so good at it. Yeah, that, 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 fun. it was his best version of him since the God run that he had yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, I, I agree, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. I and I don't think Noah's in a in a. I don't think they're in a rush to get rid of Kimia, but I'm gonna be honest with you. The Noah's gonna be an interesting place. Did you see the big news today? WWE Raw SmackDown is going to be screening on Abima TV in Japan. Now Abima also has New Japan Television. Uh, they own. They're co-owners. I forget. I forget what Justin will correct me of uh, pro wrestling Noah. So and then they had, right, a, yeah. yeah. So they had a thing. Um, I think it was the little commercial spot they did with uh, Keno today, <laughs> announcing it. It's pretty pretty humorous. Keno got great sense of humor. Um, this is very interesting with WWE kind of encroaching in Japanese territory. Yeah, uh, I saw the Keno video and I was like, oh man, they have you doing this. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Could have picked anyone else just because I love him. And I was like, ah, oh, Keno's great. I don't he, want you he, to be holding money in the bank. <laughs> no, no. I died a little inside watching that, to be quite honest with you. Like, yeah. I, I, I died. It was awful. Yeah. No, Noah, I don't think this has anything to do with Noah, but Noah's in a very interesting situation moving forward. Uh, in terms of WWE, they've tried to get to Japan many, many times. Oh, yeah. Tried to buy Stardom. Tried, tried to buy to all, Japan, all Japan. Tried to buy... I think they tried to buy Noah too before Cyberation picked him up. Like they've just struggled to find a foothold in that Japanese market. Mm -hmm. They got a foothold now. They do. They do. And I think with this, maybe it's not that big. Maybe it's literally just Ron Smackdown being on there. And that is all, but WWE is WWE. I never think that's all. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. I hope it's that's all because I don't want them really touching any of the companies i enjoy but being on this channel specifically i get a little worried i do new japan is new japan i mean isn't tony khan gonna buy new japan isn't that the, the yeah. rumor that we hear flying yeah yeah who she runs could be like yeah take yeah. take this yeah. here you go take, it's hilarious like do americans realize how difficult that is for an american to buy a japanese company like that will just no my no. my reasoning was tony khan just said like the other day his life's like terrible because of collision you want him to buy a company in japan yeah <laughs> yeah that's just hilarious um but they have tried to make nxt japan a thing for a long long time and 
I hope, I hope against hope that we don't see like a Noah become NXT Japan or something like that. Although it is interesting to me that the Noah's sister promotion DDT has a relationship with AEW Mm -hmm. and there potentially could be something between, and this has been brewing, I think for a bit since the Shinsuke match, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I saw that, um, I was like, this is interesting. They put Mudo in the hall. You know, they want something back for that. There's something like, you know what? I thought it was just Mudo going to the hall of fame. Like, that's just not them, man. That's just not how they operate over there. This and I, the Abima deal pretty much uh, seems like that might be the future. And again, there's the thing: WWE wrestling fan wrestling doesn't really translate to Japanese wrestling fans. The people in Japan who like WWE are American fans, like because they have American culture fans yeah. in Japan. And that's a different. That's a different fan base than pro wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. So I'm super curious to see how Raw and SmackDown do on a network that's also that also one screens Noah and New Japan. Like, right. how does it fit in there? That's going to be a story that I want to watch play out in 2024 because WWE just doesn't. They just don't walk into a place and go, oh, you know, we'll just hang out here for a while. And they don't have like no. virus plans. No, they they don't know how to do that. Everyone saw the UK get destroyed essentially by wwe i mean mm-hmm. don't get me wrong the uk scene did a really good job of destroying itself later on but my point remains they did a Fist really good job mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh and going to japan i think it's ve- it's still very different because like you said wwe isn't just gonna like make fans there i just don't think that's how it is because if you like pro wrestling you love like you like pro wrestling you like new japan you like mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I would say Noah because Noah's very much. They don't care about it outside. You know, they care about their fans in Japan. That's it. I mm-hmm. think uh, J- Justin was on your show a few months ago and brought that up. Like that's what mm-hmm. they're focused on. Yep. Um. So it's more just me. Like I'm gonna keep an eye on it because you know they don't just do things simple because this is WWE. Yeah, I've been. I played this game before. So I'm going to raise the eyebrow and kind of watch how this plays out. Scott, we got you on. So let's wrap up a little bit. I want, tell me what's going on with Joshi right now. You, you gave us a Joshi segment last week that did really, really good numbers for our show and our YouTube channel. And I really appreciate that. So if I got yeah. you here, man, I got to say, what's, <laughs> yeah, what's Brian May did great, great on YouTube. Shocking. So tell me what's happening with Joshi right now. What do we got to know about? Yeah, uh, this weekend, this Saturday, five-star Grand Prix final. The final. I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again. The finals of the biggest women's wrestling tournament of the year on 3 a.m. Eastern time. If you're, if anyone's interested in uh, checking, or you can just buy the pay-per-view and watch it after. That's always what I recommend if you're not crazy like me. Um, you can always check out the five-star Joe show live on the Fight Game Media Network. You should do uh, YouTube YouTube channel at 3 p.m. that same day because I'll be reviewing it. Just saying, if you want to do that um but yeah it's really just about stardom's big tournament and building to the year end a lot of a lot of joshi right now is pretty quiet outside of the return of sari formerly known as saray mm-hmm. in wwe of course everyone knows how she uh was handled which was very badly magic um, portals yeah magic portals but she has come back and she is pretty much single-handedly re-inspired the rest of the scene by just being there you know you step into wwe you are a bigger star 
plain. That's true. That's even true. if even if it was for like a cup of tea, pretty much like she was there. She was still there for two years. So mm-hmm. to them, that's enough. Uh, so she's doing a lot of great work. Julia's heading back to uh, America in October for. Uh, I'll talk about Miami in a second because that worked out so well for me last time. Uh, I just woke up Saturday. I was like, why? Why do I see my name popping up on Twitter? Um, did, you oh. bombar- did you get bombarded with stuff? Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> sorry, but not real sorry. So help me. <laughs> it worked, you guys. It works for you guys. Mike Mike told me after like it had happened. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, sure. Um, but as I was saying, Julia's coming back to America in October. So another opportunity for maybe W uh, not WWE. Jesus Christ, not WWE for AEW to get her on a show finally, because mm-hmm. I think that's what people have been clamoring for. Last time she came here, she was on an Impact show. Mm-hmm. Impact Impact won. Impact got a win. You know, they did. Impact got a win. They got Julia, and she was like the biggest star. On They're having show. a good year. They are. They are somehow, some way, they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's coming back in October. She'll be on the Fighting Spirit Unleashed show. Um, and Mariah May, I know, is the big, the big talking point. Five Star Grand Prix Final will be her final show for now. I'll say for now. Because you never know in wrestling, but she is finishing up. She will be heading home uh, to the UK and beyond that point. I know. Um, I know Dave said how she. I believe he said she told Stardom something, one thing or the other. We don't know where she's really going. Um, I still feel pretty. I, I think AEW's just you know this. The, so many things are said. After a while, you just kind of think eventually but it is criminal we didn't get her versus mayu for the iwgp title that would have been the perfect send-off for her that is a match she really wanted the iwgp title i don't mean to take this over but the iwgp title was a title that bushi road wanted mm-hmm. by the looks of it stardom didn't want it new japan clearly didn't want it you saw the, the minus uh under six minute match at wrestle kingdom between Kai between Kyrie and uh tam to me I don't think either side wanted it, and that's why it's not defended. The strong women's title is different because that title goes to America, and mm-hmm. that title's kind of just that title doesn't have IWGP hanging over it, so it can just be freely defended. I think it's really tough to just defend the IWGP name, and I think that's why, like, Mayu, since beating Mercedes Monet for it, has defended it once. That was wow. in April. Really? Yeah. I don't even know what to say about that. They created a strong women's championship for Mercedes Monet after that. Yeah. And that has been defended like five times. Well, it has three champions now, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure has. Crazy, huh? Yeah, I'm like speechless. That's wild to me because this was big news last year. It was, oh, IWGP Women's Championship. They're finally going to get their due in New Japan. And I was like, boy new japan just does not like i'm curious to see how this works it turns out it doesn't no it doesn't um it is a title like i said that you put the iwgp letters on it becomes prominent in that standing otherwise the strong woman's title i think is handled a lot more like they wanted that to originally be and it's on julia so that probably helps but i don't know I don't know. That's my that's that's about all I got for Joshi. If you want to hmm. check it out, if you want to check out the best of stardom, it's this sat it's this Saturday. 
that's going to be your best bet to uh, dive in. There's been a lot of injuries, but they still it's still one of their best nights. They put it all together. Um, and, yeah. Scott, tell them where they can find you on socials. Yeah, you can find me at Scott E. Wrestling on Twitter, X, whatever you prefer to call it. I don't think I'll ever call it X first. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, it, says, it still says Twitter on my computer. So as far as I'm concerned, it's twitter.com. Um, and then, yeah, check out the Fight Game Media YouTube channel this Saturday. I'll be going live at 3 p.m. Eastern to talk about the five-star Grand Prix Finals. And uh, I've been reviewing. I've, I have a preview up on voicesofwrestling.com. I don't know if there's any other previews out there, but I'll, st- I'll say it's the best preview in the business. I guarantee it is. I put a lot of work into that thing. Uh, so go. it sets it all up for you. It tells you the scenarios, the matches. My prediction that I'm not all that confident about for once, and all and the matches you need to check out from the tournament. I even did that. I, I cut I cut out the fat, so you just have to watch like five six matches if you're interested. There is no American that is as tuned into what's going on in the Josie Sheen. It's Scotty Wrestling. This man writes amazing pro amazing work for stuff that I I don't follow, but I read his work because it's well done. It's well researched. It's well written. I can't say enough good things about him. Happy you're on the show today. Make sure you follow us at the Mike and JD show here on the voices of wrestling network. Make sure you follow the Mike and JD show on YouTube too. Make sure you check out our, our Patreon page, Mike and JD show and Patreon. Make sure you check all that stuff out. Thanks for joining me, Scott, Mike, we miss having you and uh, can't wait to see you guys next week. I'm JD and I don't know the Hawaiian word for goodbye. We'll see you next time. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick It's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game Amen, no way From the track when we unite and spit This isn't A-game, better bring your A-game Competition starting to get thick It's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game Amen, no way From the track when we Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back And 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year In the history of pro res That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Available on all of your favorite podcast apps.